Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another Life Group Leader podcast. Uh, this is Pastor Evan, and I'm here with Pastor Hayden. Hey, guys. And here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We reach people for Christ, we teach people to be like Christ, and we train people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to make disciples by reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Life Group Leaders, we are beginning a new, brand new sermon series in the book of Colossians. Oh, yeah. It is called A Work in Progress. Now, the, the title is not Work in Progress, but the title is A Work in Progress. And the title of the sermon is Demolishing the Old Construction, which... Pastor Hayden, that was a great title. Well, Life Group Leaders, we are continuing our study in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. Let me read that to you right now. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On which of these the wrath of God is coming? In these you too once walked, when you were living in them, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Pastor Hayden, we are beginning this new sermon series. So what should we expect with the series, A Work in Progress, but also with the sermon, Demolishing Old Construction? Yeah, we are excited to be starting a brand new sermon series entitled A Work in Progress. A big reason we decided to uh, go with this motif through the next few weeks is because we are right on the cusp of moving into our own building. Yeah. Uh, and it's exciting. And so we wanted to go ahead and try to create this uh, this this uh, comparable uh, sermon series with what is actually going on in the building right now. Uh, and that means this, like uh, when we read Colossians 3, uh, especially as 5 through 11 and through the next uh, text that we're going to go through successively, is it's talking about things that have to change, right? There was an old life that we once lived, just like this building we're moving into had an old life. It was used in certain ways in the past, but those things are of no good use for us anymore, and we have to get rid of them. We have to get rid of them. We got to change those things so it can be repurposed and used for a holy purpose. And so that's why uh, we're doing this sermon series, at least in this uh, in this way and framing it in this manner. And so I hope you guys are just as excited about jumping into this brand new series entitled A Work in Progress. But this particular sermon is called Demolishing the Old Construction. Uh, you know, in our own lives, uh, oftentimes we, we too Although we have been purposed to a holy calling in Christ, there's still a lot of uh, old construction in our life that we have got to tear down. And it's our responsibility. Uh, and, and what we're going to understand here is the relationship between justification and sanctification. Uh, here we understand that a work has been done. Even though we are a work in progress, there has been a work that's been accomplished, and it's called our justification. That is, Christ has saved us, and it is by no works that we have done. But it is by grace through faith that we are saved, and we can do nothing to earn that. 
But there is also a work that is ongoing, and it's called our sanctification. And that's something that we, each of us, uh, with the uh, guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life, is something that we participate in actively. And you're going to see here in Colossians 3, 5 through 11, Paul hits that nail right on the head. And so we're going to be focusing in on being diligent to labor and work to demolish what is left of our sinful lives and be enthusiastic and be uh, courageous in building up godly lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Mm, Amen. Well, as exciting as we are about um, the sermon series and our building as a group, we might lose kind of focus as we kind of use these you know good illustrations of you know we purchased the building well through a lease and now we're repurposing it and almost sanctifying for a new purpose. But Pastor Hayden, what is a focus that you want us to stay on track during this uh, sermon for Sunday? Yeah, we got to make sure that we are purposing our own lives for a holy purpose. Of course, we're we're justified. Right? There's nothing that can take that away. No, no thing can pluck us out of the hands of Christ. Uh, but we, in our own selves, understand that we have to kill sin. That we have to participate in the sanctification that is ongoing in our lives until glorification, until Christ comes and, and takes His church. And so, for us this week, that means we have got to make sure we're getting rid of idols. We're getting rid of anything that we love more than God. And we'll all maybe, and even uh, you'll see people in the Old Testament, Israel, they would tell you maybe. Uh, admittingly, even after they've sinned, that they would still say they love God more than that sin. But uh, in that moment, they did not. And so many times in our own lives, although we love God ultimately more than we love sin, uh, oftentimes we love sin in the moment more than we love God in that moment. And so we've got to make sure that we are tearing down idols. Uh, we got to make sure that we are uh, putting on and building up godly relationships in our lives, because you know what's going to call us to more holiness, the the more holy people that are around us. And so we got to be, as we're looking to demolish what's left of our sinfulness and build up godly lives, we got to have godly relationships to help us do that. Uh, And in doing those things, we need to make sure we're embracing the life God's called us to, and that is a life of holiness and a life that is in Christ. So life group leaders, let's make sure that we stay on that focus as we lead our life groups this week, as the excitement for the building comes up, but also with the you know, the debate that's, you know, around justification and sanctification that we'll definitely address in our Compass Equip podcast. So make sure that you let your life group know about that. But Pastor Hayden, as we are studying, you know, Colossians 3 verses 5 through 11, it's a lot of Paul just kind of throwing out sin after sin after sin after sin. How Help us to understand like something that's really helpful for us to grasp what Paul is kind of referring to with all those different sins in Colossians 3, 5 through 11. That's a good question. Uh, something we need to understand and maybe just be reminded of is that Paul was a Jew. Right? He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Uh, you know, He was one of those people who was very uh, acquainted with the Jewish writings and the Old Testament law. And so if we don't start with that, when we look at all of this list of sins, we may think those are just Paul's uh, pet peeves or things that uh, Paul doesn't like looking at when he's looking at the Colossian church. But Taking a closer look at the issues that we see here in verses 5 through 11, we can actually, as we zoom in, we can see a big connection to the Ten Commandments. When we look here uh, at verse uh, verse 5, and it says, "...put to death sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil, and covetousness, which is idolatry." So we're already seeing this idea of idolatry here. Uh, and in verse seven, on account of or verse six, excuse me, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Uh, and so we see again in verse five and six, 
Uh, God is so jealous for his possession to want him, desire him to follow him. And so when we see uh, this list, we see that there are people who are loving things more than they're loving God. They're loving the created and not the creator. Now, Pastor Hayden, you mentioned the jealousy of God. And for some people in our life groups, they might not understand. Actually, they might get uh, have a cringe moment or gut reaction to say, God cannot be jealous. Can you explain the difference between you know godly jealousy versus envy? Sure. I mean, God wants what's his, right? And that's, that's a big difference here is uh, we are his. Uh, all creation is his. So therefore, God has a very right to possess it and to use it as he sees fit. Uh, the idea that we have envy and jealousy is because we have we want what we have not, and then we try to get it, as James says, in any way that we can. Uh, and the sin there is we uh, do not have the right to possess those things in which we want. And God has all the right to possess what He wants because they're His, and He uh, is very jealous to go after those things which are His. Absolutely, thank you, Pastor Hayden, for that clarification. Now, as idolatry kind of revolves around uh, our love for God, you mentioned earlier before we hit record about the other part of the Ten Commandments, you know, verses you know, eight and, and nine, uh, and eight and nine about there. Those sins are particularly referring to some part, other part of the old uh, Ten Commandments. Of course, they're talking about uh, the other half of the Ten Commandments. If you look at them, they're talking about the way we relate with other people and how we often sin in relation to other people. And that's what you see here when you look uh, even at verse eight. But now you must put them all away. Anger. Who are we angry against? People. Wrath. Who are we always wrathful against? People. Malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. I mean, these are all sins against interpersonal relationships. And so Paul then is hitting the Ten Commandments right on the head again and saying, hey, those same things uh, that Moses came down from that mountain on uh, with those with the God's law are still the same things that we're breaking today. And the very things that Christ came and saved us uh, to, that we now are in Christ, we're a new creation uh, and, and God has saved us so that now we are under uh, the, the righteousness of God, that we're under uh, the, the laws of Christ, and we're free to then live in those things. So we're not living in anger, and we're not taken captive by slander and impurity and passion and evil desires. And because those things are still in our life, we have to demolish those things because Christ saved us from those very, very things. And remember, life group leaders, this is essentially for our sin. It's demo day for our sin. But Pastor, demo day. we need some, just like Chip Gaines, we, it's demo day. It should be the thing that we look forward to is this, we, hey, we're going to demolish the sin in our lives. But we need some tools to do so, you know, puns included. So, Pastor Hayden, what does Paul give us to say, here, here are the instructions of how to demolish these sins in our lives? Of course, uh, there's three uh, that I would like to point out in the text. One is put to death, right? We got to make sure we're killing things. And I know it sounds aggressive, and it was meant to. Paul meant for this to be aggressive because it was aggressively uh, denying you the right to relate to God on a personal level. So those very things are the things uh, that that Christ uh, had to die because of that the wrath of God would be uh, be poured out on him, and that, that very wrath is the wrath that's coming down on people who aren't in Christ. And so it's a very aggressive uh, uh, relationship between sin and righteousness, and we got to be equally as aggressive toward it. So we got to be ready to kill sin in whatever, uh, whatever measure, whatever scope and sequence that needs to happen. Uh, and that means, the second part is this, that Paul says here, you need to put off that old life. Put it all away. Take it off. It's like clothes, like nasty, smelly clothes. You just need to take it off, throw it away, burn it. Uh, and then he says, put on. 
One of the big mistakes that people make, even in counseling, uh, is they're so quick, often, if, if they're ready and prepared to change, to take off bad habits, to take off sin, to take off problems, uh, but they leave and don't actually put anything on. They don't do anything because of it. And so they got rid of all these bad habits, but now there's all this room in their life, and it's not filled with anything. I mean, Jesus has something to say about that, right? With the parable with the demon, how right. the demon left, nothing changed. The demon came back with more, and it was worse for the person who did nothing. Yeah, and so we got to make sure that we're not just taking off, but we're putting on righteousness. We're putting on a life that's being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And so we got to be sure we're putting to death sin, that we're putting off the, the habits and, and the sinfulness that we've been accustomed to before we were Christians. And because we're Christians, we're not putting on that righteousness, and we're putting on that sanctification and it's an ongoing work, and we just got to make sure we're demolishing what's left of the old construction. Yeah, and something that culturally that you, you might hear in your life groups, maybe not in regard to this, but it's a, it's a, I say not a position, but a attitude people have is like, oh, I need balance. I need balance in my life. In reality, there is, with, with, regard, with regard to our sin, in our fight with our sin, and the demolishment of our sin, there is no balance. We need to just completely destroy and put on holiness. And then Pastor Hayden, you have a cross reference here that I think really helps us make sure we're not looking for balance in the Christian life. We're looking for holiness. Yeah. And in a way, what Pastor Evan is saying is we got to understand there's no dualism in Christianity. Uh, Eastern religions uh, might say things like uh, yin and yang, right? The the good and the bad, and we gotta we gotta be able to live with all of it. And to be a Christian, there is no dualism, right? There is no good and evil in uh, both in dwelling in us. We are one or the other. Uh, and in Second Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen says this clearly. Uh, in verse 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. There you go. No dualism, right? We're, there's one or the other. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Again, there is no partnership between the good and bad. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Again, dualism doesn't work through a, a biblical Christian worldview. There is no yin and yang. I mean, literally, yin and yang, white and black, light and dark. There is no relationship here between sin and uh, and righteousness. Uh, and it says in verse 15, what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing, uh, then I will welcome you. And be, if, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my son's uh, and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. There's no relationship between sin and righteousness other than they have no relationship. And, and you're absolutely right. But here to throw you a curveball, Pastor Hayden, as we have been, as you especially have been going back to this building to check in on the progress. You know, you've had to kind of stop the workers every once in a while and say, no, 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 don't demo that wall. That wall's fine. And so there's a, there's a black and white nature with sin, but we live in a very gray world. You know, Partners Chapter 10 talks about the, how to live in a, a holy life, a holy life and unholy world. So as we're demoing sin, what's a wrong application that maybe our life groups may bring up that you can help guide to say, no, focus on this rather than a direction that they may take? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Maybe a hard question because it's a little vague, but... Uh... You know, at the end of the day, a lot of people try to take uh, sanctification too far. Like, uh, and what I mean by too far is not that they're not 
they, they're trying to kill sin too much. But like, again, like I've talked about in sermons in previous weeks, uh, because I uh, cease eating bananas doesn't make me holy, right? I mean, bananas are not sinful. And so we've got to make sure that we are demolishing sin and not just demolishing things that we don't like or things uh, that we just don't think are pleasing. I mean, we got to make sure what, what things are we getting rid of are sin. Uh, and we're getting rid of sin and we're not getting rid of things that we don't don't have to try to uh, go to war with things that aren't sin. But what we need to make sure is there's so many things in our life that we do need to get rid of because they are blatant sin. And so maybe maybe that's what you're asking. I hope that that helps a little bit. But uh, we just we're not going to war against every single thing in the universe. We're going to war with sin, and we got to make sure that's what we're getting rid of and that's what we're focusing on. And that is what God is coming back for. Is is He's coming back to get His saints and to destroy evil and destroy sin. And and as we want to always encourage you, life group leaders, to be encouraging your life groups to make sure they're in their you know, daily Bible reading. Because this is what Jesus is, Jesus has been talking about for the past few days in the last discourse of Matthew, his last speech, where he is just talking about final judgment. You know, Pastor Hayden, there's a couple of references in Matthew 25 that might be helpful for us to remember, you know, this is where the wrath of God is coming for this sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 33 is one we've, we've just been on. Uh, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as shepherds separate the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. See, no yin and yang here, right? There's one or the other. There's the saved and there's the unsaved. So there's no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised? No, no barbarian, no Scythian, no, Christ is in all, right? Those things we know are true, right? Uh, verses uh, 45 through 46 says this, uh, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There you go. You have the righteous and the unrighteous. Uh, and we got to make sure that we're living the lives of, of righteous people. Uh, and what this is going to do for a lot of people, if you're a Christian in here and you're living a righteous life, that's going to do something called confirming your faith. And you want to confirm your faith, right? You want to live uh, every day not worrying and being concerned, am I saved? Uh, because what a saved person is going to do is they're going to be bearing fruit. And that fruit is going to bear witness to the life of justification that you lived in in Christ. Uh, and what we see over and over again is the people who aren't living righteous lives, the people who aren't bearing good fruit, they're always questioning their faith. And they should, right? You should, right? If you have no capacity or no driving desire to live a holy lifestyle, you should very well question your faith because that very well means that the Spirit of God doesn't live in you. Uh, but we also can't have Christians who are saying that uh, sanctification doesn't have a major part in the Christian's life because we are called to righteousness. That's what we're called to. And it's and it's a it's a heritage. It's an inheritance, something we're called to go after. And for us not to do that, we're not living according to the way God has purposed us to live. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, we, we have good works that God has prepared for us in advance uh, that we should walk in them. And so even that, like, I mean, how can we be walking in the good works that God has prepared in beforehand if we're not living in righteousness? And so those things, we just got to, we, we need to own those things and say, this is the way God's called me to walk. And we got to be doing it in a way that's, that's, uh, that we're committed and we're doing it with joy. Absolutely. All right, Pastor Hayden, kind of quickly on this one, there's not a ton of the things that might not be confusing in this passage, but what is, what is Paul meaning with Christ is all in and in all? Uh, here, what we're saying is there's no distinction. Paul's trying to, to, you know, there's all these distinctions that people try to make. Even in this, I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, we're in a culture today where we want to make distinctions. We have the minority, we have the majority, right? We have uh, we have those who are oppressed and those who are 
privilege. Privilege. I mean, we, we make all of these distinctions, and, and Paul calls them all out, and I love it. I love this. Such good for us, right? Uh, there is not Greek and Jew. Your nationality doesn't matter, right? Uh, circumcision and uncircumcision. Your, your past history of religiosity doesn't matter when you're in Christ. Barbarian and Scythian. I love this, too, because you have barbarians and Scythians. They're all they're, they're just bad people. I mean, they're people who are very uh, barbaric, and they're very uh, war-oriented and just very grungy. And, and it's not even—that's not a—it's uh, more of a comparison of saying these are both really bad people. But you know what? It doesn't matter, slave or free. Uh, if, if you're in Christ, you're in Christ. And there is no other distinction to be made other than you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. And I love that. And we've got to nail that down because we do not make distinctions in our church. The only distinctions we make at Compass Bible Church is we have people who are saved and we have people who are not saved that need to be. So when we're doing an application questions, what, what is the direction that we want to guide our life groups as we lead them this week? Yeah, life group leaders, something uh, that you need to do is, uh, and I say this because Pastor Evan and I are life group leaders too. We have to do this and it's hard, but we need to create an expectation for your group to come prepared with the application questions answered. You need to uh, iterate and reiterate over and over again how important it is for your group to come with the application questions already answered. You will find that the kind of uh, dialogue that you have with people who come prepared is going to be much more robust and helpful and applicable than people who are just hearing these questions for the first time when they come out of your mouth. They've never thought about them. They don't think about the personal implications, and it often derails the conversation. So give this expectation in your group that they need to have studied this at home, do it at part of their quiet time throughout the week, and come ready with the questions answered. Uh, a couple other things you can do when we get into questions about idolatry. Ask for examples of idols in your group's life. We all have idols. They, they may not be golden calves, but they are things that take our attention off of God, things that we worship that are not God. Uh, and, and those are two things. Uh, I, I have more, but those are the two most important things that you could do with your group this week. And then, Pastor Hayden, what are a couple resources that we should have on our bookshelf that will help us? Uh, two. Uh, one's a hard read. One's an easy read. Uh, one's called Free Grace Theology, Five Ways It Diminishes the Gospel by Wayne Grudem. Uh, we like this book because this is something we deal with here in Texas a lot because Free Grace Theology came out of uh, Dallas Theological Seminary up in uh, up in North Dallas. And so this is this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm saved by grace through faith. Yeah, of course you are. But this Free Grace Theology says there's nothing else, there's nothing else required. There is no repentance necessary. Good works are optional. Uh, and we got to make sure that we understand how that is not a biblical stance when it comes to uh, justification and sanctification. Good book for you guys, especially if people in your group are dealing and struggling with this idea of free grace theology. Second is a hard read, but a good read. Uh, the Mortification of Sin by John Owen, a classic. It just tells you and explains you the need to, to mortify or to get rid of sin and put it to death in ways you can do it. Uh, and how a Christian's life ought to be really characterized by killing sin. All right, Compass, this is going to wrap things up. We're going to do some announcements real quick for your life group. So uh, for you guys, we have a new uh, book study that we're going to be doing, uh, Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. We have the books, and we'll give them to you either the Sunday or during the week. So let Pastor Hayden or I know. If you don't have one, we'll make sure you have one. Also, this week, the Compass Students Discipleship Now oh, yeah. is happening Come this on. Friday, February 18th. So make sure that 
We have a majority of the students registered. Let's get them all. Plus, let's encourage these students who are in the sixth grade and 12th grade to reach out to their friends to learn what it means to be born again and be praying for you know Jordan and the other life group leaders and students so that we can see God save students and sanctify those who are saved. And then finally, ladies, mark your calendar for February 26th at 10 a.m. The Compass Women's Breakfast. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and breakfast and Bible teaching from Kayla. And so you do you do not want to miss this opportunity to build community with other women at Compass, and also a perfect opportunity to bring other people to meet the women at Compass. Fantastic. Thanks, Pastor Evan, for those announcements. Guys, we look forward to doing ministry alongside you this week and look forward to seeing you on Sunday. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>